Hub Hopper Originals. Hi, yes, it's back. I am with another Spanish note. You're listening to Spanish notes by Sonata on Hub Hopper, and today I'm going to share with you a story that is very close to my heart. It's once again extremely life-altering, and it's about the time when I almost died. And I'm not kidding. I actually almost died. So I'm gonna cut to the chase and start the story. And if you have tissue papers handy, I think they'll come in good use because this is going to be a tearjerker. About 15 years back, I suffered from drug-resistant typhoid. Now, for the uninitiated, and I hope to God you never have to find out what drug-resistant typhoid is. It is when the bug. refuses and i mean vehemently refuses to respond to any medication that has been administered to you and typhoid let me tell you is not a joy ride you shiver you get rashes all over your body you have bone pain you feel weakness you do not even have the energy to talk and when it's at its worst you cannot walk and the best part you grow bald yes so this is when i suffered from drug resistant typhoid and was almost sent home from the hospital to die in peace after the third relapse i was bald I weighed thirty nine kilos at fifteen years of age, and I had to do my lady business through tubes by the end of it because I didn't have the strength to move out of bed or sit on a bedpan for that matter. My parents would go and weep outside the hospital room and come back and tell me lies about how the doctor is saying I'm improving and I'll be out in no time, and I knew they were lying to me because they didn't want to, you know, tell me what the doctor actually said. and i'll tell you what the doctor actually said because my younger brother would come back while they were in mid conversation and tell me hey you know what they're saying you're going to die so yeah if my younger brother is listening to this high five the third relapse taught me to see through all tactics of reassurance and encouragement to live i felt terrible for my parents but in heart of hearts i knew I really wasn't going to die. There was something within me that told me that this is not my time yet. It didn't matter what the doctors said. It didn't matter how 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 many people came to visit me with fallen faces. I just knew this wasn't my time. So I'd console my parents, nodding my head and smiling to look hopeful about the recovery so they'd feel a little better. Every morning My mother would panic if I didn't respond to wake-up calls. Now I must tell you, the rash and the pain and everything made sure that the doctors put me on sedatives because of which I'd sleep like a log. So, hey, wake up wouldn't do the trick, you know. And my mom, she would think that just because I wasn't responding to a wake-up call, I, I'm probably dead or something, you know. She'd instinctively check my pulse or put her palm near my nostrils to feel me exhale. I would mostly be too passed out to respond. Hello, passed out, not dead. But you know how mothers are. You don't pick up their phones; they think you're dead. You don't respond to their wake-up calls; they think you're dead. 
What is with you guys? Anyway, in the third relapse, I didn't crib or cry to the doctor on the rounds to let me get back home. The first two times that I was admitted in the hospital, I hated, I detested living in the hospital and I used to rush my recovery. I used to push myself hard to convince the doctor just to sign my release because I wanted to go back to school. I didn't want to be in the hospital. And I'm an excellent actress, so I used to act and I used to pretend like I'm all fine and I used to, even though I was dying inside, I used to straighten my spine and walk with good posture to make the doctor feel confident about signing my release form. So I used to do all of that. But the third relapse was really bad. I didn't even have the strength to act. I didn't give up or anything. I just got bored. Now, blood test after blood test after blood test, the bug just wasn't responding to medication. So as a last resort, they had to put me on mild chemotherapy. In case you didn't know this, yes, Chemotherapy is life-saving and it is applicable to other diseases too. So when a doctor thinks that you would benefit from chemo, he would put you on chemo regardless of whether you not have the big C. And thanks to this and the typhoid virus, I started getting bald. I used to lose lumps and lumps of hair and I had really nice hair, like wonderful hair. And I used to lose lumps and lumps of it. And I was just beginning my teenage years when this happened. I was in eighth grade when this happened. You know, this is the time when girls crush and get Valentine's Day cards and, you know, bunk school and go for movies and all of that. None of that was happening for me because I was balding. I looked like a vulture. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so... My period didn't come like the others. I didn't have breasts. I was pretty much very unattractive and underweight. And thanks to all the medication, I had a chansa chehra, you know, scarred <laughs> with a lot of acne. Anyway, so this time around, I just enjoyed my wheelchair rides to the lawns with the nurses. I ate pomegranate which is not my most favorite food, but somehow it helps when you're unwell. And I didn't complain. I felt great about relatives coming to visit me in the hospital because the word had spread, you know, people were just coming and giving me speeches and, you know, telling me how wonderful it was for them to know me and yada, yada. And, you know, they, they made it pretty obvious, you know, I knew I was going to die. However, against all projections that I was seeing that my physical reality was showing me, and I'm going to repeat myself again, in my heart, I knew there was something. I knew this wasn't my time. Then one day, the head of department of medicine in the state-run medical college, who happened to be a friend of my father's, came to visit us because the doctors couldn't figure out what to do with me. He read my blood work and told us that I was the seventh reported case suffering from that strain of typhoid that year, and five of the patients had died. My father asked if it would help to fly me down to Ames. I am from Guwahati. This happened in Guwahati Medical College. I'm sorry I didn't tell you earlier. Anyway, so my father asked the doctor if it would help to fly me down to Ames, and the doctor said I would not make it through the trip. They went out of the room to return with reddened eyes again after having a nice cry. And, you know, I'm sure my parents must have bargained and pleaded and 
you know how it happens in the movies kuch to karo hamari beti ko bachao i'm sure a lot of that happened but for some reason i was super chill and i had reached a point of weakness where if my intravenous drip wasn't plugged in my cannula i would get dizzy i had to be on a drip the whole time i couldn't walk or stand on my own and i started expecting the worst and laughing at my blood reports with the nurses like there'd be times when the blood reports would come in and i'd be like wow virus 1 sonata 0 you know i started celebrating my failures and in the corridor where my room was there happened to be a death and i joked with the nurses saying i thought i was the one who's going to start the death ceremony here and i started celebrating my disease i i stopped fighting it i was like fine if this is how it's going to be this is the third time i've come to this hospital for crying out loud i do not have hair anymore i have no strength left in me to even get up so what the hell let me just enjoy this and i did i started laughing about things anyway i'd wake up from slumbers and joke about how i went to hell because my mom she'd make it a point every morning to tell me oh my god i'm so happy you're up but i would tell her really is this earth is this not hell how come you're here you know i started making jokes like that and then um there was this one time when um a lot of my friends came to visit me and they got a lot of bindis with them i actually really like wearing bindis so they got different shapes and designs of bindis packets of bindis and the nurses and i we had a lot of fun putting bindis on my entire bald head i i looked like quite a specimen the nurses would all flock to my room just to hang out with us then the two day long blackout happened yes this is the turning moment of my life i ran a temperature of 106 or 107 i don't remember but i ran a temperature of 106 or 7 and i could overhear my father saying something to the tune of how i was such a bright girl and this high temperature could cause serious brain damage two days later i woke up i have no recollection of what happened like 48 hours of my life are something i till date cannot account for and no i did not have a trip to heaven to the pearly gates where you know somebody told me it's not your time yet go back and none of that happened i didn't have an out of body experience nothing i woke up after 2 days and i felt like walking i couldn't but even to feel like it was something in a week after i woke up i started walking in 10 days i came off the medication and when the doctor finally signed my release form i said the problem probably is the burden of how many gray cells i have doctor that one fever burnt a good many and i started recovering after that maybe being bright is what did me in after all we all had a good laugh i grew the best hair ever eventually got my period sprouted out boobs and had some awesome boy scenes that still make me laugh typhoid has not relapsed till date and i hope it does not and after spending nearly 3 months on and off in a hospital i realized that recovery is a journey that must not be rushed 
no matter what you're going through no matter what is it that's happening to you right now do not resist it when you resist something it persists let me put it this way it's like incubation i'm sure it sucks for the butterfly in that deciding moment when it tears out of the cocoon not a moment earlier or late imagine the pain it must go through to push its fragile tender wings out of that hardened cocoon but once it's out it waltzes in the air so if you're going through something that is not pleasant if you're going through something that isn't what you imagined it to be whether you're going through a breakup whether you've lost your job whether you planned something and it was almost about to happen in the nick of the moment it just went into thin air it doesn't matter it really doesn't what matters is for you to know in heart of hearts like i did when everybody almost pronounced me dead that i was going to be okay because i promise you what is happening is that you're incubating so enjoy your incubations they're important and remember one thing you cannot punch a raw banana enough to make it ripen so if there's something that you're going through it is going to take its time and season you into a more mature version of yourself so go through it enjoy your incubations and don't forget to be grateful because i am and i didn't die and because i'm alive you're listening to me at hop hopper this is panic dots by sonata and i'm going to come back to you with another story next time so have fun listening to me while driving cooking dancing not doing anything anyway i'll see you again bye